Slumberville. What's good? My name is Matt, and this is day 15 of 30 Days of Love by Amy Leo. Today's intention is I am flow. Ooh, flow. Today we will be riding the effortless river of love. Yeah, so <clears throat> today we're getting at the root of what it means to be human <laughs> and what happens when we are going with the flow of reality. So here's a little bit about that from Amy Leo. Welcome to day 15. Today is perhaps the most important day of the entire series. Today's intention is flow. And so when we think of flow, we tend to think of the experience of recognizing what is true and adapting and behaving accordingly. So today we are gonna get at the root of what it is to be human in the sense of where our feelings come from. There's a logic to this and yet it gets missed all the time. In our current culture. So let's take a listen. Oh goody, oh goody, oh goody. So we're gonna dive into that, but first our affirmation for the day. You can repeat after me out loud or in your head. Here we go. I am flow. Capable of being completely immersed in absorbed by and reflective of unconditional love. I bring an energized focus, my full attention and enjoyment to the experience of loving another. The state of flow is not caused by another person. Rather, it comes from within me. When my quiet mind syncs up with the intelligent, loving presence of the universe. I am flow. Okay, we're gonna dive into a um, an audio clip here from Amy. It's about seven minutes, so enjoy this uh, this going deep, deep dive into flow with Amy. Here we go. So far in the challenge, we've featured many different ideas, scientific studies, and distinctions, and yet today and this week. We're going to go a layer deeper. As we promised when you enrolled in this challenge, we're going to really look at the fundamentals of being human and thus the fundamentals of love, of where our feeling experience comes from. So let's jump in and talk about a fundamental logic to the human experience. Now, all of us can recognize that over time, our assumptions of ways that the world worked has changed. Once we believe that the earth was flat, and when we believe that the earth was flat, 
human beings took on a whole host of behaviors and thinking patterns to deal with a flat earth. Now, of course, the earth was never really flat, but human beings thought that it was. And all the thinking in the world didn't make it true. This thought was not in alignment with how it really is, with the natural truth that was pre-existing. Similarly, before the medical community understood germs, there was a whole host of misunderstandings about how people got sick. And then therefore, the actions to make someone better were not really that effective because they were not in alignment. They weren't tending to the root cause of illness, which was germs. So people did all kinds of crazy things. Bloodletting was a real thing. And unfortunately for most patients, bloodletting was actually more harmful than it was helpful. Another theory was that illness was caused by bad smells. Another theory was that illness was caused by evil spirits. You can see that when a faulty assumption exists, when there is an illogic, when there is a misunderstanding about how something actually works, there's a lot of undue suffering and a lot of irrelevant and unnecessary activities that occur as a result of that misunderstanding. In the case of germ theory, once germs were discovered and when they slowly began to be accepted by the medical community, it took a long time for the medical community to accept germs as the most truthful model of what was going on. But there was a simplifying that occurred in medicine and it changed everything. Because when we find out what is true, it automatically brings into focus what is not true. So in this case, again, humans didn't do anything to create germs. The germs were already there. Just like human beings can't create or do quote-unquote love, love is already here. It's already built into the logic of our existence. And so you may be curious as to why it sounds like I'm giving you a history lesson. (laughs) It is relevant because just like the misunderstandings I've shared throughout history, we have a misunderstanding currently of where our feelings come from. And that has huge implications in the realm of love and relationships. So let's look at two common assumptions in our current society when it comes to thinking and feeling. Number one, my feelings are coming from situations and other people. Number two, my feelings are coming from my attitude, i.e. way of thinking about situations and other people. Now, nearly everyone that I've ever met, family, friends, teachers, folks on the news, bank tellers, grocery clerks, strangers on the street, talk as if both of those things are true. 
How often do you hear people attribute their stress to their partners, their children, their jobs? Oh, my job is stressing me out. The kids are driving me crazy. My partner's driving me bonkers. So that highlights the first statement in action, believing that our feelings are coming from what's happening to us. But then paradoxically, conventional wisdom tells us to go meditate or do techniques like positive affirmations and positive thinking, reframing or questioning our thoughts, etc., in order to feel better. Can you see the illogic in this? These two ways of experiencing our feelings, these two theories, shall we say, are fundamentally incompatible. It's illogical that both would be true. And so one of these statements is not true ever. I invite you to take a moment and really reflect on which one of these statements is not true. When we talk about going with the flow, we talk about going with what is true. We talk about moving with reality. And by and there is an ease and a grace that exists when we stop fighting with what is. And lean into the logic of what is, the truth of what is. Beautiful. Going with the flow. Thank you so much, Amy. Going with the flow allows us to become one with what is true. When there's a misunderstanding with where our emotions come from and the truth of our reality, we experience a lot of unnecessary fear and suffering. When we stop fighting with the truth of what is, however, there is an ease and a loving peace that emerges from the truth of what is. And fortunately, returning to a state of flow is remarkably easy. So easy, in fact, many people dismiss it. A state of unconditional love is best defined as a feeling, a state of flow. So be in a good feeling with your loved one more often. Laugh more. Do the things you enjoy. Take your own judgmental thoughts less seriously unless you find yourself in a situation that goes against your personal boundaries. Some sort of abuse or infidelity, for example. However, I encourage you not to give up that space of flow, of unconditional love over a dirty dish. A text message that wasn't responded to fast enough, or a difference in opinion. All right, so the flow. I don't go with the flow. I am the flow. That's the mantra for today. I don't go with the flow. I am the flow. Yeah, let's repeat that together three times. I don't go with the flow. I am the flow. 
I don't go with the flow. I am the flow. I don't go with the flow. I am the flow. Oh, gives me goosebumps. All right, for intention, I am flow. Today we have a little mindful moment, a little grain of truth. When to end the relationship? Sometimes the right decision is to leave the person you are with, but that decision is best made from a more neutral state of mind, not from a place of strong emotion or fear. Instead of weighing the pros and cons and making rationalizations with your intellect, try letting your intuition take the lead when it comes to romance. Take a break from thinking about your relationship for a bit. Give yourself time to breathe and um, allow your mind to become quiet. Your ability to make more informed decisions will be remarkably greater from this calmer place. You don't need to entertain or act every thought that pops into your head. When petty thoughts or memories about your partner, for example, arise, play around with the fact that your judgments aren't objective and thus can be taken less seriously or ignored altogether. <laughs> of course, this would not be recommended for people in abusive situations. Abusive behavior should always be taken seriously and personal safety is of the utmost importance here. Um, yeah, abusive can be defined as anytime you feel physically or psychologically unsafe. Okay, let's dive into a little bit of science for today. So the science study from today comes from the, the Gottman Institute. Um, where they found the four patterns that lead to a relational ruin. So Dr. John Gottman, a psychologist who became famous for predicting within 90% accuracy whether or not a couple would divorce after listening to that couple for five minutes identified four patterns which often contribute to divorce. All of these are rooted in misunderstanding, where our feelings come from and evolve, involve judgment, insecurity, and the compulsion to defend one's ego. Those four patterns are criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling, in other words, giving the silent treatment, and contempt. And contempt is the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving scorn. Contempt. Oof. And contempt is the most indicative of divorce and is when a person takes on the I am better than you attitude and constantly disrespects or puts down their partner. It is fueled by, by long building negative thought patterns. And this is the opposite of being in a state of flow. 
and will not return a sense of goodwill, love, or good rapport to the relationship. So that's that. Mother Teresa has something to say about that. It's our quote for the day. She said, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. They're the truth. All right, you got your journal handy? If not, go ahead and grab it. Got a journal prompt for the day. Go ahead and bring to mind a time when you were infatuated or falling in love with another person. And you can begin to jot down what were some common feelings you experienced? What were your thoughts? Your behaviors? And the point of this exercise is not to focus on the other person, but to reflect on how you showed up during that time. Perhaps another thing to reflect on is how did you deal with difficulties in general during this time? So go ahead and hit pause if you want to jam on that. That infatuation, falling in love, rising in love with another person and some common feelings and thoughts you experienced. Go ahead and hit pause to journal on that. All right, welcome back. I'll share a little bit from my journal sesh. When I'm rising in love, I'm expansively curious. Like a two-year-old just discovering a peanut butter stuffed date for the first time. Because that happened last night. All, nons all, all nonsensical bothers are liberated by the synergistic surge of oxytocin and other feel-goods. I see more of who I am when I'm infatuated, and it offers total presence with another. I'm more selfless and keen on serving. Difficulties are dealt with in a more effortless manner because there's love to be had, and that love flows into all the things, even the challenging times. Mm. The power of love. All right, we just have a little farewell from Amy, and that'll about wrap it up for today. So here she is. Truth be told, thank you so much, Amy. What a beautiful intention for day 15 of love. I am flow. Oh, yes. Tomorrow we will dive into the intention, I am dynamic. So until then, enjoy the flow that will unfold in your day today. And I will leave you with the rest of this song, Honolulu by Slumberville. <laughs>